Welcome to this wild card win edition of the Better Rivals podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week the 49ers go to Jerry World and win on Wild Card Sunday. An entire fan base is now officially in disarray, and boy, was it fun to see live. And with me this week, mopping up the Cowboys' tears with very presumptuous towels, it's David Newman. <laughs> Uh, all I got to say is, is I mean, you didn't get to see this uh, because you were, in fact, at the game. But the woman that they showed near the end of the game on the broadcast that they kept cutting to, have you seen yes. clips of this? Yeah, I've seen clips of her. It was just yeah. bawling. Uh, was really great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So they they decided that they were going to have a whiteout in the stadium for this game. And so they put towels behind every seat and the towels just said victory. And I'm I'm like... I walk in and I get to my seat and I'm like, this is a little presumptuous, you know, it's, it's a little aggressive. Uh, and, and my buddy who I went with, um, he was he's a Cowboys fan and he was like, oh, can I have your towel? And I was like, unless we win, then I get to keep it as like a scalp, like a souvenir. Uh, and he was like, OK. And so <laughs> and so, yeah, so now I have this Cowboys towel that says victory at a game that the 49ers won. It's, it's great. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hang it right up there next to the young jersey you know it's, yeah uh, it's gonna be i've got my who's got it better than us uh from 2012 uh, and uh and then yeah and then uh, 2012 jesus christ um that was that god it feels like a lifetime ago but here we are winning playoff games into the divisional round um the, the game was fun live the there were a lot of niners fans there there were and they were all behind the niners sideline get there early and it's a whiteout, so you can see all the red very, very clearly in the stands. And it was pretty apparent early on. It wasn't as loud as I think it was at SoFi, but it muted the atmosphere for the Cowboys. It did not feel like a raucous playoff game atmosphere, really, until the Jimmy Garoppolo interception. Up until then, it was kind of like ho-hum because just there was a, a fair bit of fans there that really took the wind out of the, the Cowboys' sails. And I think that, you know, we can all think tick pick for that. Ultimately, is what it comes down to. That's how I got my that's how I got my ticket. I used my own discount code. It was fantastic. Tickpick.com slash rivals. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but uh, football season's right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least for some teams, not for the Cowboys. Uh, this was this was a game that oh, one quick one really, really quick thing before we get into the actual game thing. This woman at the very end, the Cowboys fans behind us, and she at one point, it, you know, they go, doon, doon, doon. Let's go, Cowboys. They were a little tipsy, and she was, like, not into the game at all. And she just goes, let's go, Dodgers. And, and everyone turns around and goes, what the hell? Like, they just look at her like, what are you doing? And she starts laughing. Apparently, her kid's Little League team is the Dodgers. And they do that same chant. And she's just so accustomed to it. And she's just so out of this game. And she just starts screaming, let's go, Dodgers. It was incredible. Absolutely nice. incredible. Um, but this was a game that was, it was fun. It was still, you know, it was still tense there at the very, very end. But this was the 49ers formula in full effect, really starting from the efficient opening. Because, man, was that opening script smooth. It was butter. It was the easy button. It was all manner of like, okay, this is great. <laughs> I mean, they uh, did not even, they only hit second down once let alone third down. I mean, it was just first down after first down after first down. Uh, yeah, I mean, hard to ask for a better opening to this game, right? I mean, it was everything that they wanted. They were efficient offensively. You go down there, get seven points on the board right away. 
three and out for Dallas and, and you're back on the field. And suddenly by the time that they get done with that second drive, right, we're down to the final inside the final five minutes of the quarter already. And, and Dallas has only had the ball for three plays. So yeah, I mean, uh, having the start like that, getting out to the early lead, everything game script wise was, was exactly what they have needed and, and want to be able to do. Yeah, I mean, we said all week the Niners couldn't get into a negative game script, and here they are actually dictating and getting themselves into a positive game script, which is the thing that they really thrive at. And and part of the opening script, which I thought was interesting, was Travis Benjamin getting some snaps early. All season, whenever Travis Benjamin gets on the field, I immediately go, oh, no, like what what is going to go wrong here? This is not going to end well. And And in this game, you actually see him early run across the field on that play action boot. And it's clear that I think he was there to try to run away across the field against, you know, man coverage. We know the Cowboys like to play a lot of man. They like to play some cover one. And and when you beat that by running across the field very, very quickly. And that's what Travis Benjamin can do. And Jimmy Garoppolo hits him on, uh, I think it was the second drive. Maybe it was the first drive. Uh, but you can tell the Niners were really trying to combat what the Cowboys were doing. And early on, they did it very, very effectively. Yeah, I, I think, uh, again, like on that opening drive, especially that it was like it was the only second down play on that first drive was the one where they, they hit that boot um, past to Benjamin there and, and just lot the corner got got lost, didn't travel with him. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think they I mean, but they had a good game plan, right? I think early on the the passing was very effective. I mean, that, that was, I think, the thing that stood out the most like the run game was there and, and the run game was there I feel like for most of the game like they had moments where uh it necessarily wasn't wasn't clicking super well but I think overall they were what we would expect from from the, the rushing game right they got some explosives here and there they picked up you know their share of just kind of four or five yard type plays mixed in there as well um but but in that first half especially it was the passing game that was such a huge difference right I mean they they were just uh, so efficient throwing the ball. Jimmy looked as comfortable as as he has looked in a very long time. It felt like just yeah. was kind of you know feeling nice and settled in. He was throwing the ball accurately. I mean the the first third down that they finally hit on the second drive that that out route at the sticks to Juwan Jennings was just like on it was like nice. one of his better throws of his 49ers career. Like it was on point, tight coverage. Uh, you know, uh, throwing that outbreaker uh, ac- across the field. So yeah, it was it was a very difficult throw. He put it right on it. Um, and just, yeah, in, in general, I mean, they were still doing Romo continuously pointed this out throughout the broadcast, but it, you know, it was all the inbreakers. So it was still the stuff that yeah. they want to be able to do, right. That you saw them get Debo involved on a lot of those quick inbreakers. but Jimmy was, I think that was a, a big part of, of their success, right. Is yes, the, the guys that they have, at the skill positions were making plays and doing what they do. But Jimmy was doing a better job in that first half than he has been at, at putting the ball very accurately so that those guys can get it. I mean, there was that one, uh, the shorter third down play that Debo took right for and, and hit him perfectly in stride. It's a short, easier throw right but it's still when you put it that with that perfect ball location the defender that's there that's trying to close down and make that tackle right at the sticks you you give Debo that extra half second where he can just kind of continue in stride and and be able to run by that guy and, and suddenly break into open field so yeah that that was definitely the big thing for me in the first half that stood out now the the passing game was a lot of what we've seen before over the course uh, over the course of this year. It's just that Jimmy was executing at a higher at a higher level. But the running game did give a little bit of a change up especially early on. Normally what Shanahan does is he starts with some of the outside zone stuff, he starts with that outside toss 
And then he starts hitting the wind back, which is a constraint run that really punishes teams for overplaying and flowing too hard to the outside. One of their first runs was that wind back run. And, and then they started going to more gap stuff. And in this game, they actually use more gap runs than they did traditionally over the course of the year. In this game, power counter, uh, their, their most popular kind of gap concepts made up 35% of their runs. That was only 18% during the season. So they did go to a little bit of a change up. They still had some of their staples. They still had, I mean, Debo scored on, you know, the, the run that now everyone knows is like the Debo run outside. Um, and so they still, and they still had outside zone. They still had split zone. They're still doing the things they normally do, but they did lean heavier into that gap. You saw more people pulling um, and Randy Gregory sure saw someone pulling. We'll get to that here in a minute. But that, that was something that was a little different in this game compared to what the Niners have done so far this season. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely felt like they could get uh, you know, create some creases there, which is kind of the idea, right? When you're you're going to the gap scheme stuff, you, you typically are going to have a more defined point of attack, right? Whereas with the zone stuff, especially as you, as you get into the wide zone, it, it kind of uh, is going to depend on the flow of the play, right? And it's going to depend on the leverage of the linemen and their blocks, and, and it can hit at any number of different points. Whereas when you start getting those pullers involved, like there's a very specific spot you're looking to hit that run, right? But you can create like some good angles uh, for your blockers there, and and it can create a nice gap and a lane there for your runner to get through. And and they certainly did a good job at uh, at doing that. I mean, it felt like they were very effective when they went to that gap scheme stuff, and and it was obviously because it was such a, a bigger part of their game plan, something that they they thought would be effective this week against this defense. Yeah, it did feel like the like it, they weren't getting too much success around the edges. It felt like if they were going to get something, they were getting it really up the middle. Sometimes it was split zone. Sometimes it was power. But it did feel like it was the center of the defense that was squishy as opposed to the, the edges where you have people like Gregory um, or and Micah Parsons was kind of flown around to some places. But th- there were still yards to be had in the middle of the field. And, and the Niners were getting them on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was you saw like especially early too. a lot of those runs uh, that were eating up the chunk yardage were were hitting right up the middle. Right. They were able to to kind of get into the teeth that Dallas defense. And yeah, I mean, they 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 definitely were effective um, power counter wise were, were some of their more effective runs. When you look at uh, the EPA per play, it was definitely uh, higher than what they did from a zone perspective. And even when you start to factor in, so they uh, also run a, a decent number of uh, like what we call pull lead concepts, right? Where they're pulling a play side defender. That was also something that that was very effective from an EPA perspective, right? I think that was, uh, if I remember correctly, what the Debo run was the the variation um, that he scored on, right? Which in, in the third quarter there. So whenever they were able to get pullers involved was when they had some more success running against this defense yeah and those are runs like the g lead or pin and pull things like that where you've yeah. got you know play side people pulling um and getting out in front this game though really for the 49ers tilted with what they could do with the front four they got pressure with their defensive front at ungodly rates like it was absurd Dak was pressured on 25 of his 52 dropbacks 48 percent. basically every other time the dude dropped back to pass someone was in his face and the thing that made this uh, i think acutely a problem for dak was that they were often quick pressures 21 percent of the pressures that he had were quick pressures meaning they they got there in less than two and a half seconds that's not a lot of time for him to do what he wants to do and and this is not and remember they didn't have bosa for the back half of the game this was 
a lot of front four. There wasn't a lot of blitzing. We covered some of their their pressure packages against the Rams. This this was not quite like that. This was not blitzing Fred Warner seven times. This was we're going to play some stunt games. We're going to do some things that we like to do. They, they did the thing that we covered as well, where they kind of aligned three people to one side and then they had someone solo on the other. So it's, it's a lot of their games. It's a lot of their stunts, but they just flat out whooped a, a, what I think people think is like a good Cowboys offensive line. Yeah. I, I mean, you heard uh, Romo continue, which like, look, Romo had definitely had his Homer moments. You know, he's, he was always trying to, to look on the bright side for the Cowboys, if you will. But uh, I mean, yeah, he he continuously mentioned, right, like the, the that's kind of what the Cowboys in this offense, part of what they're known for is is that strength along the offensive line. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think they found, you know, a little weakness inside, especially Connor Williams seemed to struggle. He he was at the left guard spot and, and they kind of took advantage of him a decent number of times. But yeah, I mean, it, the front four, right, we talked about it in, in the preview and it's something that's going to be uh, continue to be important for them as long as they remain in this playoff ch- chase, which is, is, you know, those, the front four needs to show up. Like they, that's where your resources are defensively. That's where you've put so much, uh, of the hopes for this defense to be effective. And so if they're not getting after it, you're going to be hurting a little bit, right? If you kind of leave that secondary, uh, you know, out there to dry a little bit. So they, they definitely showed up in this one. And I think, yeah, that's kind of the nice thing that, that you see is is not only the individual efforts, like obviously Bosa, when he gets an opportunity doing his thing, several other players in, in, in this game, you know, uh, were able to get some some big plays in there. But the stunts and, and the things that they've been building in feels like it's getting better and better. Like definitely over this last stretch here, the effectiveness of what they've been able to do with the stunts to, to help mitigate even some of the chips and stuff. I mean, that first Bosa sack, was exactly that, right? He's lined wide yep. outside, but they and he gets chipped, but he's already headed on that path inside, and and they set it up so beautifully with the other rushers there to create the lane for him. Um, so they've just gotten a lot better there, and and yeah, it was it was very apparent in this game that Dak just wasn't able to get super comfortable. No, he wasn't comfortable at all. And, and that first play that you mentioned, it started early, and and it was because you see, I think it was the tight end who tried to chip Bosa, and he loops around two players. Arden Key is coming across the center's face, and Bosa's already looped around and just knifes up the middle of the field, and he is in Dak's face right away. And that's the lat like Nick Bosa's a tear coming off the edge, coming around a corner when he's just running straight at you, full head of steam. That is not that's not a place a quarterback wants to be. And that like, and that's the first like the first real exposure, like third play of the game for him. And he's like, "Well, this is in my face. This is gonna be a day." Uh, and it was a day for him uh, because th- that basically did not let up all game. Even when Bosa goes out, the Niners didn't blitz a whole hell of a lot, and their blitz schemes really didn't work all that well. They only blitzed Dak ten times, which is eighteen percent of his dropbacks, and one of them was really costly. It was on a slot fade to Amari Cooper. And and slot fade, I like that's gonna be one of the the like drinking words of this of this season. It's just like the damn slot fade. It it, it happened with Aaron Rodgers. That they basically lost the game on slot fade. Cooper Cup hit him with the slot fade. You know, Amari Cooper hits him with the slot fade. At some point, you know, this is gonna be something the Niners are gonna have to address, and this is why they need cornerbacks. But it it got them again in, in this game. Right. And I, I mean, the sad thing is, I don't know really what they do to address it besides just abandoning playing cover one right i mean that's kind of so that's when they're getting burned is when they go 
to man coverage, which they typically have have tended to do uh, heavily in third down situations, right? Especially um, kind of in the third to mid and shorter range. So you get that kind of third and six and and shorter. Uh, they they really like to go cover one in in those situations. And so yeah, you kind of get these defined matchups, right? And, and they they don't really disguise it. Um, and and they kind of show you what's coming ahead of time, and and you end up being able to kind of as an offense pick the matchup that you want to attack. And and Kwan Williams for as many good things as he brings to the table for this defense, and and he's a, a very good player overall. He is not a, a one-on-one cover guy, and and especially the further you get downfield on those routes, the worse he is going to be for you. And and we've seen him exposed, uh, yeah, several times. Like any any time, really, he gets in this situation where he has to be locked up in man coverage on some of these vertical routes. Uh, it, it tends to be bad news for the 49ers defense. And and so, yeah, I don't know exactly what they can do. They can try and mi- mix around some matchups, right? But they tried that uh the the previous week against the rams right they put jimmy ward on cooper cup when he was in the slot and and that didn't work out very well so yeah i just don't know that they have the you know great cover guys for those situations and so it really becomes reliant on that pressure getting home and that's the tough thing about the slot fate is if you get the space right if you're set up for it which they were beautifully set up for it in terms of uh you know field position for the the cooper touchdown there like it's a quick throw so it's, you don't need a lot of time, even though it's a downfield throw, it's basically a quick game timing, right? It's just Dax taken from the gun. He's taken a step or two and he's putting it up. And, and so what you do from a pressure standpoint really isn't going to matter all that much unless you just have an absolute free rusher, like right up the middle through the A gap. You, you're just not going to really affect that throw. And, and so, yeah, I think it, it's going to be tough and it's going to probably be something where if they're worried about if they have if the opposing team has a player that you know is good in the slot and can take advantage which hey the packers are going to be able to to do that like you're going to just have to go to different coverages and despite all that the 49ers did get boosts from unlikely places charles amenahu another guy from texas six pressures uh he had uh, i mean a, a pretty good game i think overall as a defender he had some you know some some issues but as a pass rusher in this game this is exactly what the Niners traded a sixth round pick for him. And, and a sixth round pick is cheap. It's nothing. And he had a really good first half of the year with the Houston Texans as a pass rusher. He was really, he's a young guy. He's emerging. He's big. He's 6'5. And, and now he comes in after he's had some time with Chris Kosurik in the system and he gets six pressures. And, and he was largely lined up around, uh, like near Tyrod Smith. So you're talking about really a, like one of the best left tackles in the NFL. And, you're able to get you know a pretty good number of pressures overall and some against Tyron Smith. That's not bad. Um, Kevin Givens ended up with two pressures. DJ Jones had a couple of pressures as well. Um, and, and then you know Nick Bosa had a couple of pressures before he went out. And overall, I mean, it was just a stream of defensive linemen that were able to get pressure and affect the game. And that is the core of the 49ers formula, right? Diverse run game, build a lead, get after the quarterback. And, and in this case, hang on for dear life and, and, and win the game despite things trying to go off the rails as much as they wanted to. Yeah. I mean, Amenahu, uh, you know, it really felt like he was the the guy that kind of stepped up the most to fill some of Bosa's shoes, right? Like once, once he went out, I mean, you look at it, his win rate was actually the highest on the team 
in this game uh, of, of anybody that, you know, rushed the passer more than just a, a couple times. So the guys that were actually consistently along the defensive line, you know, in, in pass rushing situations, he was the one most frequently winning his individual matchup, right. And, and getting in a position where he could potentially affect the quarterback. And so, yeah, once you lose Bosa, you need some of those other role players, right. To, to step up and, and kind of, not allow things to fall apart up front because if suddenly, I mean, the, the difference between Dak when he was under pressure and when he had some time in the pocket was just huge. And, and so it was so key for them to be able to continue to to bother him and, and not let him get comfortable back there. And yeah, I thought Amenahu was, was certainly a big part of that. Now, despite all that, the 49ers and, and really the Cowboys did make this game tougher than it needed to be. The, this game went full Jimmy Garoppolo. We talked about his efficiency in the opening, but then that really crumbled as the game went on. Maybe as his like pain injection wore off or something is going on. But he, you know, in the second half, he had he had two turnover worthy plays. Yeah, that overthrow INT, which absolutely got the Cowboys back into it. That stadium was dead. Absolutely dead. You started to hear some of the let's go Niners chants. Like you, the, the Niners fans were starting to take over. And then as soon as that interception happens, the place pops off the lid goes off and and then the crowd comes back into it you see those presumptive towels start going again and and jimmy garoppolo really helped keep the cowboys in this game because if not for some of those plays this could easily be another boring blowout three score game going into the fourth quarter and everyone's like wow what a fantastically boring wild card weekend got to re-up those those painkillers at halftime you know what I mean like I I mean as much as the story offensively you know in the first half was how good the passing offense was and how efficient they were there it was the the complete opposite story right in the second half and that was I think a big reason why they just didn't find any success offensively I mean you look at those second half drives and the furthest they were able to go was 27 yards. And that was on that the their opening drive. They had the the Debo touchdown, which came after Dak's interception there, but that was a 26-yarder. That was it. I mean, that was basically the one play uh, you know, in the second half that was really notable. And and obviously it was big because they get a, a touchdown that was ultimately the difference in the game. But uh, yeah, it, it was really kind of ugly and it made things uh, very uncomfortable down the stretch, right? Because they just couldn't get anything going. And I think a lot of that, when you look at, at what they were doing um, offensively in the second half, a lot of that has to be on Jimmy. He just wasn't very good. And, and how much the injuries um, played a part in that, whether that's the thumb or, you know, apparently he had the shoulder injury that happened at some point in the second quarter there, like you know, whatever it was like, he, he was the guy that was kind of, uh, the problem in the second half and the reason they couldn't really get anything going from a passing standpoint. Yeah. And I do think you have to note the injury. I mean, he had a shoulder injury and that's one thing, but, but it, at some point it starts to get real convenient that he always seems to have an injury and it's like, you know, Oh look, he's got an overthrow. Well, he got hurt. So let's, let's go ahead and attribute it there. Like he's still playing. in the and especially like after how he looked in the first half, right? So it's like okay, I guess if you're gonna say that the shoulder was that significant, but but still, like yeah, it's hard to to say and and put this on injuries when he looks so good and so 
comfortable in the first half and you see just that big swing in the second half, like something else has got to be going on there. Like, I, I don't know yeah. exactly what it is, but you know, this is, is something that we've seen from him. This kind of like only good for a half is been the case, you know, for most of his 49 well, career. I mean, right? that that's Jimmy Garoppolo. I think yeah. the, the athletic pod had a good, a good way of encapsulating it, which is if you've never watched Jimmy Garoppolo play, and you watch just this one game, you would know all you needed to know about Jimmy Garoppolo and his career. It's like he can be brilliant and he yeah. can be incredible and he can power this offense to such an efficient degree. And then he has these kind of like just bone jarringly dumb plays where you're like, what the hell that keep these other teams in it? And in some cases cost you games and in other instances, maybe they don't. In this case, luckily it didn't. But it wasn't just Jimmy Garoppolo because you also had special teams. We have the return of Josh Norman. I'm pretty sure it was Josh Norman who was out there covering on the on the punt that everyone first. I mean, we'll get to, I guess, Mark, Mike McCarthy's fourth down decision making here in a second. But everyone, everyone knew that was a fake. Everyone on that punt coverage team knew it was a fake. I mean, the only person who apparently did not get the memo was Josh Norman. He immediately <laughs> just turns around and starts to cover that punt. And and then the, the punter pulls up and throws it and it and it keeps the, the Cowboys in the game. The game is done if Josh Norman just keeps his eyes forward for an extra second. There there is there's no reason I, I he has zero value at this point. Like why he is still collecting a check, I do not know. It's it's so hilarious to me that because I don't I didn't really notice that it was him live. It wasn't until as we were kind of putting things together pre-show here that you mentioned that that was Norman. I was like, holy shit, you've got to be kidding me, right? It's just like, yeah, I mean, it's it's so clear that everyone else uh, on on the return unit there is prepared for a fake, right? They're not going after the block at all. Like hardly anybody's rushing, and you have the one guy that's over there that just gives up uh you know a, a basically a gimme fake i mean it was just one of the easiest fakes that you'll ever convert and man uh it's it's brutal yeah it's just uh you can't even make up how bad this guy continues to be every time he gets a chance yeah but even then even before then you had the roughing the punter penalty which you know kind of extended a drive for the cowboys special teams at this point has been a little bit of an achilles heel to the point where i i don't think the niners should be returning kicks and I'm surprised. I was actually surprised that the number of touchbacks that Robbie Gold was able to get in this game, like that, was a pleasant surprise. But special teams is definitely something that you now gives you a little bit of like the the, the clenching feeling whenever it happens in a game because it's it's not always gone the Niners' way, especially here in the last part of the season. And they they feel the same way. Like they mentioned this on the broadcast that, that when they were talking with Shanahan, right, and in, in their prep during the week, uh, that Shanahan basically on the special teams told them that like, look, we're not looking for anything good from the special teams. We're just looking for them to not lose the game. Like, don't yep. do anything awful that loses us this game so that we can actually go out there on offense and defense and and let it be decided there and I think that's yeah as much as you can really hope for at this point it's just kind of been a disaster they they continuously have something that comes up and and, and thankfully here it wasn't drastic enough to end up costing them and then we get to the penalties well actually no I forget Mike McCarthy fourth down decisions they're bad like that's that's the beginning and the end of it he's he's not good Mike McCarthy man everyone like Cowboys Nation is tilting about Mike McCarthy for sure, and they probably should be. I mean, the, he it sounds like he's going to get another year, but just about everyone wants him gone. 
Uh, Jerry's talking about how, you know, he's unhappy with the way that it happened. They scored 500 points this year. The Cowboys did. They were one of the best offenses in the league. They are them. And I think the 2000 Rams are the only teams to score more than 500 points and not advance past the wild card round. Like they, and they, they should have in, in by all accounts, they should have gone on and they should be playing in the playoffs but they ran into the Niners and the, and their head coach is making boneheaded fourth down decisions. He's not going for it when he should. They're trying to out bully the 49ers, which I thought was hilarious. Bringing in extra linemen. I like it is it is so funny that Shanahan has basically tricked every play caller into having like a dick measuring contest on who can be the tougher football guy. And the Niners are like, I we've been prepping for this forever. Like we were born in darkness. They're gonna like bane voice it. Like we were born in darkness, and and like everyone else to, tries to moonlight for one week and bring in extra linemen, and Shanahan just laughs at them. And, and it's just so funny that that's what they do. And and it, you know those are the decisions that cost them games. It was it was pretty funny when suddenly they get out there and they're in like that full house set, and you've got two offensive yeah. linemen at the fullback position. You're just like, what is happening here? <laughs> Um, like you've got so many wide receivers you did a slot fade for a touchdown and then you're like i know what'll fix this another fat dude like that that's not how this works <laughs> i mean the fourth down decisions uh are just like i don't almost don't even want to get into it because it's just like i i'm more frustrated obviously with the, the 49ers have their fourth down decision problems of their own you know what i mean it's just like they should have went for it down there early in the game like yeah they're, they're just it's there's no excuse at this point. Like you get to, uh, especially when it's when it's fourth and one, fourth and two. Those should pretty much the default response should be we're going for it if it's fourth and two or less. Like it needs to be in, unless you're like pretty well backed up into your own territory. Fourth and one, fourth and two is just another down that your offense is on the field and that you go for it. Like there's, there's no excuse for those. Those aren't even the difficult ones, right? You can get into uh more nuance once you get, you know, fourth and three, fourth and four. Okay. Where are you at on the field? What's the game situation? How are you feeling? How's your offense playing? Right? Like what's, what's the, the feel of the game? Like there's a lot more that can go into those decisions fourth and one fourth and two keep your fucking offense out there and go for it like it's not that hard like i i just don't understand uh how we continue to screw these decisions up but whatever and then you get to the penalties and the cowboys led the league in penalties this year and they had 14 penalties in this game which ties a wild card game record they put themselves in bad spots randy gregory decided he was going to bear hug a pulling guard and that did not end well. You have hands to the face on Alex Mack. It seemed like all of their penalties were in really high leverage situations. And, and that was not, not ultimately good for the Cowboys because the Niners had their fair share too. Trent Williams with a couple of uncharacteristic false starts. And 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 they were some, at some of the loudest points. He's had some of those this year, which is is weird. Yeah, and like it's super I feel weird. Like him and Kittle have had like an unusual number of just kind of these uh, usually false starts, but they, these pre-snap penalties, right? That yeah. that kind of uh, are just like, man, really? Like that's what we're doing right now, and it just it hurts, it kills you. That was and that's what killed the Cowboys. It was the stupid penalties, right? You're always gonna yeah. have some, you know, you're gonna have holding calls. You're gonna have some, you know, iffy uh, holding, defensive holding defensive pass interference type calls uh mixed in there like that's just kind of par for the course but it, it's the the dumb stuff that you can control right the false starts like for dallas it was 
all of the pre-snap stuff on defense, the neutral zone infractions that they had just over and over. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like at some point you just need to stop trying to jump the snap and just like fucking wait because yeah, it was, it was killing them. And I mean, it it saved a a number of 49ers drives and uh, yeah, I mean, Randy Gregory especially was just an idiot, like in, in some of his penalties in the game, the holding penalty that he had near the end there, just just really dumb stuff that that's hard to overcome um when you're already dealing with all of these other issues and despite all that despite the niners making it harder on themselves they they still ended up winning the game this game was messy this game wasn't neat it started out like it was going to be neat and it was going to be just like a knife through butter and it was going to be you know super just a, a fun win in dallas and it got really messy there at the end and, and the Niners still emerge victorious. They still ended up winning this game. It feels like this is their season. Their season is messy. They're not one of the best teams in the league. They're not going to you know win, go in and just like, yep, they're going to beat that team. And it's going to be easy. And then we're going to go on to the next game. And it's like th- this is they're, they're almost kind of used to this at this point. They're kind of in these scraps where it's going to they're going to lose some. They're going to win some, but they're going to be in it. And, and this was a game where they came out on top. You know, games like the ones against Tennessee, they did not come out on top. The, the game against Green Bay, they didn't come out on top because, you know, slot fades and Aaron Rodgers. But now they're going to have the opportunity to punch him in the COVID toe and, and see what happens. Uh, one more game. One more game on to the divisional playoff. The, the games where it's, the, hey, man, final four in the conference. Uh, this, is, uh, this is something, man. This is fun. Another week. I'm not going Lambo, though. Once you get into the playoffs, right, everything that we've been talking about, you know, in, uh, for, for a lot of the season, in some ways, it just kind of goes out, right? You're just trying to survive. It doesn't matter at that point. Like, the reason we talk throughout uh, uh, the season about, like, things like what's likely to continue, right? Like, how sustainable are these things? And, and you know, okay, this win felt a little lucky or or whatever it was, right? Like, is because you're you're expecting over the remainder of the season for these things to maybe kind of correct itself a little bit. And so you're trying to get a feel for how good this team actually is. But shit, once you get to the playoffs, man, none of that matters. It's you 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 survive another week and and that's really all that that you care about, you know what I mean? It's just none of the other stuff uh you don't care how pretty it looks, right? It's it's okay to be have an ugly win in the playoffs. Like you'll you'll take whatever you can get. Well, this is why it, it's it's just it's one game samples. That's why the NFL is so exciting. That's why it's so fun. It's because the playoffs are not a best of 7 series where the the best team usually wins out and and makes it but it's it's one game. All you got to do is put it together for one game. And, and the Niners have one more game to do that in this playoff run. Uh, and man, uh, I'm trying to think of all the wonderful things I'm going to clean with that Cowboys towel because um, it's nice and white. I think I'm going to, I might do my, like my tires, you know, like just get oh, it real gonna, dark, real greasy. I was going to go with every time your uh, dog gets excited when somebody shows up and pisses on the floor, you can just wipe it up with, uh, <laughs> man, with that, that is. That is too real because I do have a dog whose name is Bean and she gets very I, excited. I'm aware. <laughs> I've I have witnessed many times this pee on the floor. And now I'll just know to look, hey, where's the cowboy's towel? I got this. Oh, incredible. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right, let's get to just a few quick hits. Uh, first off, let's talk about this K1 Williams interception because it was very interesting where he caught the ball. Live, I thought it was an incredible play. Watching the replay, it's curious that he seemed to break behind the wide receiver, even though it was an in-breaking route. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, they they had a great replay on the broadcast of this, where where it's kind of end zone view, but a little bit lower than what you get on on the all twenty two, and so you can see not only Dak and and where he's looking and his timing and all that stuff, but you can also see the receiver and Kwan uh, in in the frame downfield. And yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's kind of a weird play because you understand Dak's thought process on it because yeah, it's a it basically a, a little hitch route, right? He's opening up inside. It's breaking to the, the middle of the field. And normally with the position that Kwan's in, which is just kind of a little bit on top of that route, you're expecting once he sees, you know, the receiver break inside and open up that direction, most defenders are going to close inside, right? They want to close where you think the receiver is going and, and kind of beat him to the ball. And so it makes sense for Dak to look to put that on the back shoulder and kind of throw it behind the receiver a little bit to lead him away from where you're expecting that defender to be. And, and I think the problem was that Dak was a little late in throwing it. And so it actually kind of allowed Kwan to sit there on top a little bit longer and see that the ball was kind of thrown behind and then make his break behind the receiver and beat him to the spot there. Right. And so, yeah, it was, it was kind of an unusual play, not a, a the type of interception I feel like that you get a ton of, but yeah, I thought it was, was interesting when you got a, a good look at it there on the replay. Turns out on replay, still a really good play, a really good catch. Uh, you know, he's been hanging out with Ambry Thomas, I guess, you know, got them hands. <laughs> Uh, this, uh, this next quick hit comes from uh, the Discord, East Coast 49ers. Uh, he says, he's part of our honorary research department. Since 2019, the 49ers are 19-7 on the road. They are going to need to be road warriors now through these playoffs if they're going to continue. And they, they like it on the road. They're going to go to Lambeau. It's going to be cold. There will be lots of running. AJ Dillon is big. Elijah Mitchell is big. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Juwan Jennings really developing into a nice third down option. He's had a couple plays where he's bailed Jimmy Garoppolo out. I think last week it was the the throw near the the feet, the toes that he caught. Uh, he had a couple nice grabs this game. He <laughs> there's a replay that I saw where he he was getting into people's faces after the snap uh, and he was hitting people. Uh, you know, getting a, l- a little putting a little extra sauce on it. Um he's definitely a really really nice development here as a third option for the 49ers in the passing game. Well, I guess he- not a third option in the passing game. He's like the third receiver, but he's like the fourth option. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it was kind of funny. Like, he got into it with Diggs, I think it was, uh, because there was oh, one Oh, he popped play. Diggs in the face. <laughs> yeah, well, so it was It was kind of funny. So it was, uh, he, like, I'll be honest, Jennings took a little bit of a cheap shot uh, at Diggs. It was, like, on the backside of a run play and kind of peeled back a little bit and, and took a shot at him. Uh, and Diggs was, was not happy about it. And then on, it was, I don't know if it was the next play, but it was very shortly after that was the, the play where they're trying to hit Jennings on an out route on third down, but Ayuk gets, it's like the sprint out to that side. And, uh, but Ayuk is on the outside and he gets kind of bodied by Diggs. And so we can't get the clear out. So there's just a bunch of traffic where that, that ball should be targeted, um, and afterwards, as, as soon as that ball sails out of bounds, uh, after Jimmy has to kind of throw it away, like Diggs gets up in Jennings face again. And, and so they were kind of going at it. It was funny, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Jennings is, is continued to kind of make some plays in those key situations, right? I think that's, and that's a, a role that they really needed because they, they do have guys 
that they tend to kind of hyper focus on right in in those third down situations especially so you see defenses really start going out of their way to make sure that they have extra help defenders around Kittle and Debo in those situations because of how frequently they're targeted and so you need other guys that are there that can then win the one-on-one matchups that they have and and at least for the last few weeks here Jennings has, has been great in that role. He's been great. He's been a good addition. Love that guy. Hall. I, I still haven't decided what's what's beyond the hall of like, but he's he's the inaugural member. Uh, the 49ers offensive line held up pretty well, considering the juice the 49ers have on defense, especially getting after the passer. They allowed nine pressures overall. It's not that like it's not that Jimmy was necessarily all that clean. He still had to deal with some pressure. But you're talking about Randy Gregory, you're talking about Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons. And while Micah Parsons did, I think, make his impact felt. It was not, you know, Micah Parsons just roasting tackles or guards or whatever on his way to hitting Jimmy Garoppolo. They had a good plan to to really contain that defensive line, and, and it worked by and large. It really did. Um, and so I, I think kudos to, to Jimmy because I know that pressure is often a quarterback thing. Uh, kudos to the offensive line. And and I think, you know, if, if they can do that, they've got another formidable pass rushing team in, in the Cowboys, in, the, Cowboys, in the, the Packers who are getting some players back now. They'll need to do it again. They'll need to do it again here uh, in, in short order. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was honestly like really surprised at how well they held up against that that Dallas front there. It, it had potential to get very messy up there. And, and I think, yeah, they held up uh, very well and, and just really limited what those guys were able to do. I mean, yeah, like you mentioned all the names. They've got a lot of guys that can get after the quarterback, and, and it just really wasn't a big factor in this game. Yeah, if you look at the true pass sets, the the highest, the two highest blocking grades for the 49ers were Tom Compton at right tackle and Alex Mack at center. Those were the guys. And then uh and then Trent Williams is the third when you look at true pass sets. So I mean those are the guys that were doing it. Lake and Tomlinson, not have a good game. Not have a good game. I think he also gave up the most number of pressures too. But yeah, the, the um, guards were were sketchy. Brunskill also wasn't great what was funny is maybe i mean i might be misremembering some of them but what felt like the biggest impact pass rush play was actually from uh like a safety uh donovan wilson uh he was the one where they're trying to so they rolled jimmy out and they're trying to hit kittle on a throwback and it's open but wilson is is basically like on uh, the side that they're faking the run to, right? So they're faking a run, outside zone run, his direction. He comes all the way around. He beats Compton. Mitchell tries to get a piece of him uh, after the the play fake there, and he still gets through him and comes and forces Jimmy uh, to try to dump it off, which not Jimmy's finest moment there. Probably should have just like thrown that into the turf rather than getting greedy and, and trying to get it out to uh, Mitchell there who ends up losing like 11 yards because... Yeah, I was going to say no 11 man. yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, not not his finest moment. But like that was, yeah, I mean, really one of the, the only times or at least the most prominent time in my mind uh, that pressure was like a really big part of, of the outcome of the play. Yeah, that was great. It was great all around from that offensive line. They're going to have to do it again. They're going to have to put another one together. Hopefully, it's less messy. Hopefully, it doesn't come down to the wire. Uh, I'm looking to to just beat up on the Packers again, make Aaron Rodgers uh, continue his completely defeated streak against the 49ers in the playoffs. Has yet to... Spoiler alert. We're going we're gonna to talk about this Thursday, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is beating the Niners in the playoffs in his career. Keep that streak going. One more week. One more week. All right. That does it for this week's edition of the Better Rivals podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Better Rivals. David, 
Tell them about the Patreon. Patreon.com slash better rivals. Look, you got to get in while you still can. We're playoff stretch. We don't know how long it's going to keep going. All right. We're winding down for the season. You need to get in there, support the pod, buy us a beer, all sorts of fun stuff, video breakdowns, live streams. You've heard it before. Just go and do it. Thanks again for tuning in. And as always, go Niners. Go Niners.